The original idea was to connect two students in a classroom and getting rid of the social barrier so that they can help each other. But over time, we've pivoted to a classroom engagement system because if there are like 200 students or 400 students in a classroom, there'll be like four or five students that will have a prom. From Innovate Mississippi, this is Origins of Innovation. Raw, honest conversations with the founders on the then and now of their Mississippi-based startups. And now here's your host, Gary Watts. Welcome to Origins of Innovation. I'm Gary Watts, and my guest today is Rahul Gopal of Campus Knot. Well, thank you so much for having me in the first place, and thanks, Innovate Mississippi. My name is Rahul Gopal. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Campus Knot, Inc. I'm originally from India, born and raised for 21 years. I lived here in Mississippi for seven. I got my undergrad in aerospace engineering, and then I got my MBA at Mississippi State University as well. We started this company in my sophomore year, around 2012. I mean, that's when it was founded with two other friends of mine and I. And we came across a very fundamental problem of lack of engagement within classrooms and campus. And we wanted to solve it. And that's how we got started. Well, tell me, what made you pick Mississippi State University in Starville? So I play soccer. I was pretty listless and goalless early on in life. I messed up quite a bit in India, actually. That's one of the reasons why I decided to take my SATs and stuff and come here. Once I took it, I applied all around, and I was actually supposed to go to State University of New York Buffalo to play soccer for them. But unfortunately, the scholarships didn't work out, and it's when Mississippi State offered me a really, really good academic scholarship, and that's how I ended up here. So I came here in 2011, January 1st, and ever since then, I've been here. Tell us a little bit about what gave you this idea of this campus engagement and how you got it started. What happened was, so Hiten Patel, who's our main founder, he's the one who got the idea. He was sitting in a class, and he wasn't very connected, if I could say that. And he had missed a bunch of classes, and he didn't know anyone in the class. And he couldn't email the professor to get the notes and stuff. He comes back home, and he's like, you know, I don't know anyone, but I want to get the notes. Uh, How do I do that? He's like, I want to solve this problem because uh, I think... You know, you should be able to leverage your peers and your classmates. And not only notes for that matter, no matter what problem you have, but there is the social barrier where if you go and ask for phone numbers and stuff directly, they're going to be like, I'm not going to give it to you, creep. So that's how he comes back and then we talk about it and that's how it started. So the original idea was to connect two students in a classroom and getting rid of the social barrier as such so that they can help each other. But over time, we've pivoted to a classroom engagement system because we realized that if there are like 200 students or 400 students in a classroom, there'll be like four or five students that will have a prom, essentially, and that's not enough to generate activity, and students are not very motivated to start it. So we had to bring in an initiator, which essentially was a professor. So now it became a classroom engagement system with value propositions for students as well as professors. Um, Give me an example of what a problem would be. Right. What we are solving currently are engagement issues, right? I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with what GroupMe is, correct? 400 students in a classroom or 200 students in a classroom or 100 for that matter, right? It's very hard for a professor to engage with each and every student and emails are not very efficient. So... What we allow the professors to do is create a course group for that class, invite their students with their .edu ID, which becomes very exclusive, 
It's a secret group, so that's how we make sure it's confidential. Once that group is created, we have features like students can turn in their attendance from their phones. There is live polls. We have professors who teach a topic, run a poll, teach a topic, run a poll. That way it helps students retain knowledge better and they're always engaged and they would rather be on Campus Not app than Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And professors can assign participation points and it's all automated where they don't have to grade anything. We have document sharing. Instead of handing syllabuses, you can put in important dates, due dates, homeworks, assignments, tests on the planner. You can sync in Google Planner. There's quizzes, grades. That sounds a lot like the benefit to the professor. Let's talk a little bit about the benefit to the student. Correct. Let me just kind of give you an example. So if I'm a student, I'm in a class, mm-hmm. and a professor throws a project at me, mm-hmm. and I really don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Is campus not a place I can go to get other people's opinion on what he's actually after and how to best accomplish that? Sure. So before I answer that question real quick, we have a couple of competitors, and they realize that very early on that professors are the ones that they need to be selling to, so they didn't care about building value props for students. On the other hand, we actually started with serving the students first and catering to their needs and then realizing that professors had to be brought in the game and then building value props for professors. So in a way, a professor starts using it, but then the students end up loving it. So now the retention is better and everyone's more happier. We are not exploiting the students and they feel like, you know, they're a part of the game and we've place the power. So to get into specifics and answer your question, let's say you're in a class and you don't know how to go about something. Instead of emailing your professor, you have a group now where you have access to all your classmates and now you can post stuff. You can ask them, hey, can somebody drop a few opinions? What do you guys think about it? How's everyone going about this? Not only that, one of the value props is, of course, retaining knowledge better. They make better grades. They can keep a track of their attendance. They're attending. The class becomes a lot more engaging. There are discussions on the feed. One of the coolest features we have is anonymous Q&A. Let's say there's, again, 200 students in a classroom and someone's discussing a sticky subject or a sticky topic where students don't want to voice their opinions or they want to voice their opinions, but they don't want the others or their peers to know who they are or they're afraid they're going to ask a dumb question. So we have something called as anonymous Q&A where from their app, as the lecture is going on, they can post a question in the group and it's a separate feature. It's not like a normal feed because on a normal feed, it'll show who's posted it. But there is a question mark where if you post on that, it shows up as anonymous. So to my peers, they will get a notification saying someone has asked a question in advanced calculus to group and your peers can go ahead and upvote it if they have the same question. And the professor gets a notification saying, so-and-so person has asked a question. So either they can address it during the class or they can teach the whole thing and towards the end, they can just check their notifications. Like, okay, there are four questions asked. One of them has 10 upvotes. The other one has two. Let me address that one first and then we'll go ahead. Let's say he doesn't have, he or she doesn't have time to address it. It works exactly like like Facebook feeds. So you have a comment section where you can make do attachments, comments, all of that kind of stuff, share links. So that's one of the cool things for students as well. So I did mention campus involvement. 
right? We are the only platform that not only solves classroom engagement problems, but also campus involvement problems. So let's say in the classroom, there is a student leader who he or she is a president of a fraternity. They can go ahead and create their own fraternity group as well and use all of these features for that purpose, for chapter meetings, for polls, for quizzes, for surveys, for feeds, for planners, for everything. So we are basically leveraging the interdependent nature of the campus and solving multiple problems at the same time, right? So those are just two aspects. So you'd be a subscriber of certain services, certain classes, certain organizations as they use this. Sure. Right now, we are directly selling to professors. That's the point of entry. Then the students come in. And then once the students come in, they realize that, oh, they can create other groups as well. So then they go ahead and create it. So we actually started our sales process about four months ago. Like, we're very young in that sense. We've been around for five years, but 2015 was when we got our first investment, and then we got our in-house team. We literally just started our sales process, and we've done pretty great in that short amount of time, and I'll share details with you guys if you need. How did Innovate Mississippi really interject energy, capital, those things into your product? Initially, when we started, I like to mention that we went to the Mississippi State University E-Center, and that's where this all started. So we got a bunch of grants from them. They guided us. They nurtured us. They ripped us apart. And then as we started understanding what this was and getting a strong hold of it, we were introduced to Innovate Mississippi at about third year. Ever since then, they have not only mentored us in any which way possible, but the amount of connections and networking opportunities that they've provided us, we even got a chance to pitch at the conferences. In fact, the most recent conference I ended up pitching, and out of that conference came the Mississippi Development Authority connection, which now they're helping us with international presence in five different countries, which is Australia, New Zealand, UK, Ireland, Canada, and Chile. And there are consultants already working on identifying the decision makers there. And we're going to be traveling this entire year all over the place. So in that sense, yes, Innovate has helped us quite a lot. And now we are working with Innovate for the 100K seed fund. That pitch should happen in about two weeks. And I'm really looking forward to it. That's the amazing thing that they identify the ones that really you know, want to be here and make a name for the state. And not only in terms of name, but also in terms of economic development. And we care a lot about that. That's where we work hand in hand and they are helping us with operations and surviving, literally. So the 100K C fund that we are talking about and hopefully that goes through, that would literally save our lives. So that's how Innovate Mississippi has played a major role in our growth and our survival. How do you monetize the product? Very early on, we were only concerned about the product and the value props and the user friendliness and actually delivering value. Initially, we never spoke about revenue for the first four years, actually. Very recently is when we developed a revenue model. So we have competitors out there. Top Hat is a Canadian company. They have been around for the past six years. And then Course Key, which is also pretty young out of California, trying to solve the same prompts in different ways. So our vision is the same, but the way we do it is exceptionally different. We could have just copied their revenue model, right? 
For professors, it's free, but students have to pay $25 to $40 for four months. And what we realized is, based on our market research, students are not very happy with that. I mean, we were students. If you asked me to pay 40 bucks on top of the access codes and textbooks and all of that for a simple feature like polling in a class so that it makes my professor's life easy, I'm not willing to do it. So we realized very soon that that was the case, and Korsky has the same model, Top Hat has the same model. We're young, so we have some technological constraints and all of that. So there are a bunch of things that we have to keep in mind in terms of operational sustainability, psychological aspect, consumer behavior analysis. I mean, you know, a bunch of stuff that I can go into before we actually came to a decision of actually trying this out. For professors, it's free, of course. But for students, the website is free, but the app costs $3.99 for six months and $6.99 for the entire year. Now, you guys will be like, what? That's next to nothing. Like, we know that. That is next to nothing. But what we've realized is it's more of a convenience fee and students prefer to be on their apps and phones. But very recently, we have figured out that students will take the least resistant path. So what we're tweaking our revenue model a little bit, but it's still from a psychological aspect standpoint from a student. It's not a lot. It's essentially a venti cup of coffee, you know, Starbucks. And with students, it's a lot easier to go to the app store and hit purchase. Correct. Than it is to try and sign up for something at school. Correct. So what we're doing is we're going to give the website and the app completely as a package. And the subscription fee is going to be $6.99 for six months and $12.99 for the entire year. That's what we're tweaking it to. We want majority of our customer base to be on the app because that's when the true engagement happens. Because if you have to use the website, you're not going to get notified via push notifications. That's a huge blow in terms of what we are trying to do, actually. Again, they have to check their emails and they have to make a conscious effort of going to the website or they'll have the website open during the class. So in that sense, yes. But other than that, outside class, they don't really get notified when a professor posts a quiz or a out-of-class assignment or you know discussions on the feed. There's no way of them being notified other than email notifications, which that's what we're trying to get rid of, which is the email clutter. So that's one of the main reasons why we're tweaking this revenue model that we have. I don't know if you've seen the Apple commercial with the iPad Pro. Have you seen it when the little girl is going through her day with her iPad Pro and doing all kinds of disciplines on it? And then she gets home, she's sitting in the backyard, and the mother says, are you on your computer? And she says, what's a computer? Exactly. And that makes sense, right? Because this is a product and this is a service, not for what's going on right now. I mean, yes. So the way a modern student consumes and distributes information in this day, age, and time has absolutely changed. And you guys will vouch for this. All of us get our news, all the knowledge that we are gathering on a daily basis from social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, texts, phones, apps. We're not carrying our laptops. I mean, you have your laptop open right now, but other than that, 90% of the time, you're going to have your mobile device. device. So very soon, I do believe that, yes, everyone's going to be on the phones, which it's already happening. But professors are not a part of this generation. And for them to be able to relate to these modern students, because engagement is a real problem. And professors, there are forums where they're like, how do I engage with my students better? And they have nothing. That's where we come in, where here's a technology that's going to allow you to be able to relate 
to a modern student, make your life easier, and they will fall in love with you at the same time retaining knowledge better and solving a bunch of problems. From a sales aspect, really, the professor, you have to get them on board before you push down the students. Have you thought about or is there an opportunity to sell this type of product to the universities altogether to where it's part of their tuition? Mm -hmm. I would think there'd be some interest from administrations that want to see more engagement in their student population. Absolutely. We have a B2C, which is what I just told you, but we also have a licensing model in place. We have two licensing contracts and we are in talks with five other universities and institutions across the globe for licensing. We are located in India as well as here. We have two offices, around 20 people working full-time. So we have that market as well, which is a whole different ball game than over here. So in our licensing model, that's where we identify the decision makers. We, uh, we are going for the medium and um, low and medium-sized institutions, and it's based on number of seats. The university will pay us, basically license the product out for that university. We have a whole process for that, which, again, is very simple. So without being cocky or braggy about this, all the humility that I can possibly show, we are way more superior when it comes to features and the pricing, of course, with our competitors. But that's not what gives us the competitive advantage. What gives us the sustained, actually sustained competitive advantage is the simplicity, consistency, and relatability aspect of it, right? So simplicity in the sense our website is so simple that the learning curve is essentially next to zero. So there is no training involved. If you were to log in right now, and I can challenge you on this, there are literally three things you can do, which is a notification, a plus button, and a left-hand side bar. And there's only one click on the page where you can't miss it. One of the things that we have done, which is, again, the reason I say we are unique in the way we are solving this problem, is we have taken critical aspects of social media, integrated it into a learning system. For example, Facebook feed structure, Google Drive kind of document sharing, LinkedIn-style profile. So you've kind of taken the best of all worlds You're right. and put it together You're right. in one product. And what happens at that point is when you sign up and sign in, like, oh, I, I know how this works. It's, because it's, you've already experienced it on another right. platform. So why would I make you learn or go through an entire process of picking up a new product when people are already used to a bunch of stuff and why not leverage the existing platforms that are out there? This happens with the professors as well. So we've taken a keen interest on the UI and the user-friendly aspects and something that can be done in one click shouldn't take 15 clicks. And the problem with education technology softwares is everyone's like, my God, it's going to be complicated. There are going to be 15 clicks. I have to Because that's, that's what they're used to. That's the norm, right? Initially, we are taking one-on-one sales efforts. On our side, it's going to take us, but eventually it's, it's self-propelling. Let's talk about as you've started this company, what are some hurdles that you've had to overcome to be where you are today? Initially, like I said, the whole idea that we had, uh, this idea is difficult to pitch. Uh, now it's easier for me because I've gotten a hang of it. You know, it's been five years we pivoted. But when we started, it was very difficult to share our vision because no matter what we said, it sounded like Blackboard or Canvas or any of the existing one. So everyone was like, um, why do we need you again? This is not going to work. But we knew what we were going for. And it was very hard to communicate that. 
So that was one of the biggest hurdles we had. And then we created a video. And then I had five jobs. The other two founders had four other jobs. Uh, we've done all sorts of odd jobs to, you know, survive and make it happen. Because three years, we didn't get any kind of funding. We were living off of grants and our own jobs. So that was one of the biggest hurdles initially. Creating a minimal viable product, like we don't have the money to contract people out, especially if you had to build it here. It will be insanely expensive. So what we did was we had a few contacts back in India, you know, uh, because we're from there. So we started there to get a minimal viable product, but none of them. We changed three different teams and wasted around. We made like around a $50,000 mistake. So that was a huge hurdle. And then capital raising and just the whole product development part of it. And now we have different challenges, which is sales, right. which is a whole different ballgame. We thought it was going to be super easy because social network or uh, that, is that, isn't that the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. About, about Zuckerberg. It's like, yeah, all that you got to do is send a few emails. And next thing you know, you know, it's gone viral. And that's what we thought, too. It turns out not that's quite not that the story. Right. Well, the one last thing, what encouragement would you have for somebody that's where you were five years ago that might be in the same place? Well, give me some encouraging words for that. Absolutely. One thing that I like to say is no matter what you do, you either win or you learn. There is no losing. You either win or you fail and you learn and then you win. But there is a condition to it as long as you do. The moment you stop doing, none of that happens. You're, you've already failed. You don't know the possibilities. So don't stop doing. People ask me, how did you get here? Or how did we get here? I have no idea. But I know one thing is that we didn't stop doing. And things kept happening. Dots kept connecting. And one thing led to the other. So yeah, don't stop doing. And uh, don't be scared trick is simple. Once it's started, don't stop. You know, just keep up. We really appreciate you coming in today. Absolutely. And explaining your story. And I'm sure it's going to be very, very interesting to people that are listening to this. And we appreciate it again. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Innovate Mississippi. Thank you guys uh, for having me. This has been absolute fun. This is my first experience with a podcast and this is really cool. So thank you so much. Right. guys. Thank you. You've been listening to Origins of Innovation with Gary Watts. Thanks for listening to the show. For more origin stories of Mississippi-based innovators, be sure to subscribe to the show at originsofinnovation.com. Our show is produced by Pottery Studios and sponsored by Fuse.Cloud. Learn how you can effortlessly connect your workplace to the cloud with a comprehensive suite of cloud-based services by visiting Fuse.Cloud today.